Hi everyone, welcome to Equity Breakdown. This is where you'll find short, no bullshit overviews of public companies. We will start off this week's edition of Equity Breakdown by reviewing the correct listing IPO of Palantir, which is rumored to be valued between 10 to 20 billion. Now Palantir builds and deploys software platforms that serve as a central operating system delivering advanced data analytics. The company was founded in 2003 and explicitly built software for the purpose of helping the intelligence community in the US with counterterrorism investigations, military operations, and now recently expanded to commercial enterprises. Now the software platforms are vertically integrated solutions that cover the entire data lifecycle, from the source of the data to the decisions that are being made at the executive levels of an organization. The company offers two software platforms with embedded user-facing applications for customers. The first, Palantir Gotham. It's constructed for defense, intelligence agencies, and law enforcement. Enables users to identify patterns across many sources of data sets. Both structured and unstructured data is collected, stored, and shared, and analyzed in real time to a central database. The information can be then visualized and analyzed into one workspace to help U.S. and allied military personnel find what they're looking for. The second, Palantir Foundry. This one's constructed for commercial use to enable organizations to interact with the information by creating a central operating system for their data. Individual users can integrate and analyze the data they need in a central platform. The one-stop shop central database breaks down barriers across functional teams in an organization and resulting in dynamic decision making. Now, the technology has a couple features. First, it allows various sources of data to be collected into a central operating system. So the data is collected in its raw form, and then it's evolved into relationships, events, and decisions in context with the customer's needs. It also enhances the existing enterprise systems instead of replacing it for an organization. Now, the organization can integrate existing software systems without having to rebuild the entire data infrastructure. And finally, the security is built to increase collaboration. So security is a key element here, and it is built in each phase of the platform to enable the collaboration of data that requires security clearances, institutional boundaries, and various levels of sensitivity. The company's vision, as stated in the S1, is we build software platforms for large institutions whose work is essential to our way of life. Those institutions must be able to function in the times of stability as well as crisis and uncertainty. To do so, they need software that works. Now, from an industry perspective, both government agencies and companies face challenges in the big data environment that has evolved. To keep up with the desire to develop strong data analytical competitive advantage, government agencies and companies often uh, experiment with single purpose custom tools that require significant investment in internal resources and infrastructure. Now, according to a report by the Standish Group, about 12% of in-house implementation of digital transformation projects are successful. In addition to the high cost of fixing legacy systems or building in-house, collaboration is also usually inhibited. So as teams operate in silos, the custom tools fail to integrate secure integration of various data sources. So institutions with decades of experience inevitably end up anchored by decades of fragmented IT investments. With these challenges, Palantir sees the opportunity to offer a one-stop shop solution in the market. So the total addressable market is 119 billion. The commercial market represents about 47% of that total, and the government is about 53%. Example customers include the U.S. Army, Navy, Air Force, CDC, SEC, Airbus, and Credit Suisse. 
Now, Palantir executes a subscription-based multi-year contract with customers during which costs are generally incurred upfront and then the company integrates the software platforms into the customer's data infrastructure. So Palantir's business model has three phases, acquire, expand, and scale. Heavy investments are made in the acquisition and expansion phase with the majority of the profits being realized in the scale phase that requires mainly ongoing maintenance service. Year-to-date, Palantir has 125 customers. 76% of the revenue is concentrated in the scale phase and the top 25% of customers by contribution margin in the scale phase as of 2019 had a contribution margin of 87%, delivering a lot of profitability. Average revenue per customer is 5.6 million and the average revenue for the top 20 customers is 24.8 million as of 2019. 40% of the revenue comes from customers in the US and 60% abroad in allies in Europe and Asia. The top 20 customers generated 67% of the total revenue that period. One government and two commercial customers actually represented 33% of the total revenue in 2019. Now the competitive strengths that the company offers it's aiming towards creating a monopoly in the software platform industry. So according to the S1 filing, Palantir has identified a series of advantages. So the software that has been designed brings government-grade security to industry and the breadth of private sector experience to government. On top of that, the engineering team is embedded in customers' operations. So teams are placed in the front lines to understand intimately the customer's needs. Even if they have to go into the war zones, they will be placed there if necessary lasting strategic relationships. So the top 20 customers have been with Palantir for an average of six and a half years. In addition to that, there's a high barrier to entry for competition due to the high installation costs, the high failure of risks, the complexity of the data environments, and the long sales cycle. The larger, more complex, and more technologically demanding the problem, the more likely one creates monopolistic characteristics. On top of that, they are generating network effects. So the integration of data sources and actions made by developers and operational users are accessible to all other users provided security clearance. So the rich insights that capture, process, integrate, and leverage the data will also add incremental value as additional users are placed within the organization. So the more users, the greater demand for insights and additional applications resulting in an organic demand for the platform. So business is built to expand within the organizations and across sectors. Now, on top of that, the software is created to be used solely by the United States and its allies in Europe and around the world. According to CEO Alex Karp, the company has chosen sides. The company has highlighted certain competitive and operational risks that may affect its performance. We'll start off with its competition, and it's mainly the internal software development efforts of potential customers, aka the internal IT departments. So organizations frequently attempt to build their own data platforms before running to buy externally. In trying to build something on their own, they generally rely on a patchwork of custom solutions, outside consultants, IT service companies, package enterprise and open source software, and significant internal IT resources. Sales efforts are also involve considerable time and expense in the sales cycle, usually lasting between six to nine months. And on top of that, business is also subject to complex and evolving U.S. and non-U.S. laws and regulations regarding privacy, data protection, and security. Many of the laws and regulations are subject to change and can result in increased costs of operations. Also, a significant portion of the business depends on the sales to the public sector, and failure to receive and maintain government contracts can lead to poor financial performance. 
with 47% of the revenue coming from the government agencies, changes in laws and administration could severely impact its revenue. Now, data security from third-party software developers also pose a risk. Because they require to interact with Palantir's software platforms, they can be susceptible to security breaches. And finally, the retaining, training, and hiring of qualified personnel and senior management, specifically Alexander Karp, founder and CEO, is crucial. The sales cycle is long, and teams will interact with leaders across various functions requiring high delivery of performance. Now, the company's success is also dependent on its leadership. So the executive team is made up of the following. Alexander Karp, a CEO who holds a BA from Harvard College, JD from Stanford University, and a PhD from Goethe University in Frankfurt, Germany. A philosopher at heart and a close friend of the most, one of the most pivotal investors in the company, Peter Thiel. We also have Stephen Cohen. He's a co-founder, president, and secretary who holds a BS in computer science from Stanford University and Shyam Sankar, who is a Chief Operating Officer and Executive Vice President, holds a BS in Electrical and Computer Engineering from Cornell, as well as an MS in Management Science and Engineering from Stanford University. All three leaders total a compensation package of $53 million and are mainly concentrated in the company's stock. So now the company will issue Class A, B, and F shares. Class B shares are entitled to 10 votes, while Class F shares will ensure power is concentrated in the founder's hands, Carp, Cohen, and Peter Thiel. So now diving into the financial performance, the company achieved $743 million in revenue for 2019, a 25% increase over the $595 million earned in 2018. More recently, the company earned $480 million in revenue in six months ending June 30th, 2020. The company is set to break even this year with $1.2 billion in secured contracts for the year. So it's had steady revenue growth and the goal is to break even by the end of the year. Now, the contribution margin, which is a key metric for Palantir to measure efficiency in selling and delivering the software to customers, has improved as well. In Q2 of 2020, it's achieved 55% contribution margin uh, versus uh, Q2 of last year, which is around 18%, so significant jump. The improvement highlights more efficient operational costs as the time of installing and deployment of the software is drastically decreasing. In addition to sales revenue and contribution margin, Palantir has been able to increase its ARR steadily by 43% year over year. This also has resulted in about 8 million ARR per customer. So while we see strong top line growth and margins, they still have yet to become profitable. And at the end of 2019, uh, they earned a negative 580 million in net income. Um, we'll wait and see if they're able to achieve the break-even uh, goal for this year. Now, Palantir plans to continue growth through the following strategies. Expansion in the commercial sector. They wanna continue the expansion of their R&D, which is, as of year to date, $1.5 billion. They want to increase reach within the existing customer base, uh, which is their most profitable sector uh, in, in that final phase. And they also want to become the default operating system for the data across the U.S. government. 
They want to pursue new methods of customer acquisition and partnership internationally, specifically with the Japanese government. And they also want to continue to be embedded in policy and legislation to uphold similar litigation, such as the enforcement of the Federal Acquisition Streamlining Act of 1994. So this was a litigation that came into Palantir's favor against the U.S. Army. And it required uh, now uh, that the U.S. federal government to consider commercially available software before attempting to start custom development projects on its own. Because of this uh, specific litigation, it resulted in revenue expansion from the U.S. Army from $51.9 million to $134.5 million for Palantir. And they also want to continue to grow and invest their direct sales force. This concludes the short, no bullshit breakdown of Palantir. Thank you, everyone, and on to the next.